Disclaimer, I lost my voice this morning and it comes and goes, but we should be okay. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank the band for what a beautiful uh, worship we just had. I'm going to ruin the vibe now because I have really bad jokes. But yeah, um, I like to consider myself an only child. Like I have a whole brother who's 10 years older than me, but I like to call myself an only child. But yeah, so he was born in Zambia. Uh, in Africa and they had a whole life before me then we came to the UK then they had me uh, and it's kind of funny because I love being a younger sibling because I feel like he's such like a fortune teller like he goes through life and I kind of just watch what he does I'm like okay I can do this I can't do that and that was especially good with school because I love my parents but the British schooling system was a bit different to Zambians so they were very confused and my brother was the one that would guide me so then when he announced that he wanted to go to university Everybody was so joyful. I was like, yes, yes. And then he said, I want to study dance. And they were like, no. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to stereotype for most African countries, but I know Zambian parents, when he said dance, the fear of God they wanted to put in him, like, no, there's no money in dance. What are you going to be doing for three years? Just prancing around. He had to learn ballet, had to get like grade five in ballet. And my dad was like, what is this? Why are you wearing pointed shoes? It was a whole thing. Um, but... He did it. He went to the University of East London and he graduated in 2014. And I'm going to leave that there. But yeah, as um, Tom said, my name is Chito. Got your name there. Sorry. Uh, my name is Chito. <laughs> it's the exam season, guys. It's, it's exam season brain. But yeah, I'm in my second year of study here and nearly third year if these exams go well. And today we're just going to end the kind of series about ministering to his presence. And if you're at the 11 a.m., Ignore everything Tom said, because I'm going to do the same Bible passage. Not as good, but as good in my own way. So yeah, we're looking at chapter 6 of 2 Samuel, if you'd like to turn there. And I'm going to be reading from verse 16. And this is New King James Version. Um, I love doing that joke every time, because it's very ye old. But anyway, from verse 16. Now the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw the king of David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of the hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed and everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself, for, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids and of his servants as one of those base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord and over Israel. Therefore, I will play music for the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. I think the first thing that kind of jumped out to me was um, when the ark is here, say when God's presence is here, are you truly undignified? 
and the word undignified, you know, has its connotations, you know, foolishness or, you know, not put together. But in this context, it's just being truly free in God's presence. So I'd like you to think about that. Have you ever been fully let free in God's eyes, in his presence? And they're quite big questions, I know, but I think the theme I'm trying to get to is that we need to be excited for Jesus. Like we really need to have a burning passion and desire that we don't care if the Mikels of this world are judging us for what we're doing, for dancing, for leaping and all that good stuff. But David was known as a man over God's own heart. So he was in the tune of the waves, like he knew what God was thinking. So if he can dance and be free, why shouldn't we follow? He's like the perfect example. And I think with humans, when we like receive something really cool and really joyous, us, we want, our first response is kind of to like buzz. I feel like the best example is when you give a child a sweet and they're kind of just like buzzing a bit because they're like, I've got a sweet, crazy. They're not like silent in the corner. They scream to all their friends, I've got a sweet, I've got a lollipop, whoa. Um, and they're just full of joy and it's like their first response. And I feel like in Western Christianity, we've kind of lost that joyful response that inert in our hearts just to buzz for God and I think what we also know is that it's a transformation of joy like it's not always natural I feel like personality types as well you might not be the one to buzz at the front of church but really God is saying that when you lean in and you tap into his Holy Spirit he will like melt the rigidness of our hearts he will yeah if we tap into his spirit he will allow that inert joy just to come out so yeah, back to 2014 at the graduation, uh, we went up to London, the O2, and I got a day off school, which was crazy. Um, and we went up to the O2, and on the way, I was getting so excited. I was like, oh, it's going to be like a party, like he's graduated from dance, like everyone's going to be whooping, it's going to be banners. I think I watched High School Musical the night before, and I think all the balloons and that, I was like, this is going to be so good, like go uni, whatever. And then my mom turned to me and said, it's not like that. We're in orderly chairs, it's a lot of clapping, a lot of, you know, dignified people with their robes. And I'm like, yeah, Why? I thought, my brother's been like slaving away in the library for three years. Shouldn't we do more than just like clapping? And she was like, no, calm down. So it's okay. So we went to the O2, we sat there. And um, before my brother, it was like the bits of all the arts. So it was all the people that had graduated dance. And the people that came and got their certificates, they did the unexpected. So there was one girl that came up, she did a little twirl. When she got her certificate, everyone whooped. Then there was a guy who did the moonwalk. I screamed, mom told me to be quiet. I thought it was so cool. So I was like, okay, they must have planned this. My brother's gonna do something so mad. Like those that don't know, none of you know my brother, but my brother is really cool. Anyway, so I was getting really excited. And so they call out his name, Banju Masapi Muteto. And I didn't even think about my parents, but from my side, I just got a roar of ulivating. And ulivating is something that we do in Zambian culture and a lot of like Southern Africa's. It's like a high-pitched trill. It's like a, like a howl that's very high-pitched. And I would do it today, but my voice will not let. I know it's Pentecost, but I'll calm myself. But yeah, it's like a big trill and a big um, deep sound. So my mom and dad did that and I literally was like, whoa. I was like, this is so cool. People around us give us the dirtiest looks. I've never seen people so upset and so disdained. My mum was whooping, my dad was clapping, I think she was even crying. And so my brother comes up and he does like an eight count, like move, like so cool, so slick. The whole audience like roared of like applause. And I was like, that's my brother, yay. Um, and yeah, I think even the guy said that must have been like the loudest response. And I must be biased because that's my brother. But there was just so much joy in that room. And I think the way I was like, oh, it's going to be dead, it's going to be boring. But really, it was just full of joy for the same parents that didn't want him doing dance. They had just so much joy to see him get that certificate. And I feel like 
that links so well with this story it is that thing about where does your joy from inside come from does it come from god or does it come from other things because even though my parents weren't happy with what my brother was doing that joy was for him they loved him and as god loves us we should still be giving that joy and that that gladness in romans 12 it says that we shouldn't be conformed to the world that we shouldn't you know view the order in our worldly ways and in the second corinthians 13 it talks about there's liberty in the spirit that there's freedom in the spirit and i think tonight especially as pentecost but with the extended worship and prayer i think god is trying to tell us that we need to be free when we worship to him completely free and have that inert joy in us that just comes out and though the mckells of the world will look and be like what is going on over there it's not between them it's between you and god and he knows that joy. And as I said, it's a transformation. So everyone's a bit different. But I think, especially tonight, God is saying that some of us have put God in a box. And though the box is nice, it's a very respectful box, it's orderly clapping, it's restricting you and it's restricting him to move in you. I think, especially in the UK, we love to you know, do things with respect and order. And that's great, but God is not of order of this world. His order is different. His chaos is not bad it's not it's not negative it's joy it's freedom and I think that's what God's trying to say and he's also saying that people that are rigid physically in worship but also emotionally he wants you to come back to him I think sometimes expectations can hand over us and we feel like in church we have to act in a certain manner but God is saying that that rigidness needs to melt in him he will bring freedom and it starts tonight in worship in your own room, in your upper corner. It doesn't have to be at the front, but it has to be joyful and he wants it to be between you and him. And I, yeah, I just think that story of my brother graduating how many years ago has ignited in me that joy should come from within a place that you don't even know, you haven't even tapped into for a long time. You should be kind of shocked at your joy because it's from God and it's beyond our understanding. And he loves that and he praises that and he welcomes that. And I think, yeah, tonight he's just asking us to just look back in our lives and figure out when we lost that joy. If we've lost that joy, if we never tapped into that joy, we should come back to it. And if you do put him in a box, get rid of that box, put him in a cloud, I don't know, but let him be free and let the joy just flow, dancing freely like David did. The thing is about the ark, yeah, before, I missed that bit, but before it was like really powerful, like people died when they touched it and David was scared, David was like, what's going on? But once he understood the power and the joy it gives, all he had to do was praise, that's all he could do. Once he tapped into knowing, okay, the spirit is here and it's, it's highly revered, like I need to look after it, but there's joy in it. And once he got, it just clicked, he had to dance, he had to leap, he had to jump. And I think that's what God's saying. He wants you to look into what you think the ark is, what the ark could be in your life. And once you tap it, that joy will just be flowing. And the weekend, the church weekend last week, we were talking about being in the river and being completely in the river. And I think God is saying to be overflowed by his water, you will be drenched, but it will be a good drench. In his spirit, you don't want to even want the towel anymore. You just want to be freely dancing in the wetness. Kind of weird, but kind of cool. Because, yeah, I think there's freedom and there's that carefree joy, like a child coming to Jesus, like us tonight. So I'd just love to pray. 
Father God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for King David, a man after your own heart, that he can be our role model, Lord. As he leapt and as he danced, Lord, we would just love to tap into that tonight, Lord. That inner joy, that inner joy, Lord, that childlike joy, we would love to tap into that, Lord. I pray over rigid hearts, Lord, I pray that they will melt and that transformation begins. God, I love that things of, the things of you are beyond our understanding, Lord. The things of you are beyond our expectations. It's beyond this worldly world. And I just love that we can tap into that, Lord, and you allow us just to get a taste of your glory. Just get a taste of what heaven's going to be like. I pray that in worship, we don't put you in a box. We don't put one hand up and say, that's great and just go home the same. We wanna be unchanged, Lord. We wanna be changed in you. We want that box to become a cloud of just happiness and be a child in it, Lord. But we also pray that though that is different to us, transformation is a journey, Lord. And I love that you're so patient with us and you understand that sometimes it's hard to be joyful in your presence, but we are trying, Lord. And I just pray that anyone that feels the rigidness, don't feel like convicted, Lord, but they just feel like, okay, it's time to just turn to you and lean on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <laughs>